Even in the midst of the Ukraine war and unprecedented inflation, the Biden administration took time to publicly attack a Florida parental rights bill as, quote, horrific. And we see similar kinds of smear tactics being used against parental rights right here in Virginia's Hanover County. What can parents do about it? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, before we get into today's topic, I thought we'd just take a minute to discuss some interesting feedback that we've received from one of our listeners. This listener says that we do a fantastic job of highlighting the important things happening behind the scenes, but one thing that bothers him about the show is the use of the term liberal. He pointed out that we often use this term, you know, maybe without thinking about it when referring to the latest left-wing craziness, but his concern was that traditional liberals may actually agree with us on some of these things, like when it comes to First Amendment rights or a tyrannical government. That his concern is that, I'll just, I'll put it in his words, quote, the radical left is trying to be associated with liberalism for branding purposes. And then, Victoria, he sent us some interesting Dennis Prager videos that outline the differences between the liberal and the left, which I thought was interesting. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Yeah, I appreciate his feedback. I think anytime people can give us ways to improve the show, it's really helpful. I, I, he's definitely correct in the literal sense of what liberal used to mean, what it was intended to mean, and and that it comes from you know the Latin word and connected to freedom. And he's right about all that. But I would say this: the one thing I would say is that words change their meanings over time. So if you look up liberal now, and you literally like the discussion is it used to mean this, it's now being used this way. So the way we're using it is a pretty contemporary use that people do all the time. And I was, it's really funny because it came up during dinner last night. I actually, literally a kid of mine was telling a story and the older kid goes cap. And I look at my husband is like totally confused because it was like the word ball cap, you know, like a shortened, except kids now that is the word they use. I knew exactly what he meant. That means like you lie, like that's not true. That's the thing. And they all know that. And my husband's looking at me. So I give him a little translation. I'm like, I'm guessing you don't know the words like that. They throw hands, you know, and that's another expression that they use now. Throwing hands. It doesn't mean at all. what. And so I do think words change meaning and it's okay to be more in the contemporary sense. But I don't want to isolate people who do connect with that word. So um, it's going to be hard not to use it because it's so frequently used as sort of left wing radical stuff in our universe. But I think he's, he's technically correct. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that we could be alienating liberals that still have this idea that we should hear different perspectives. But the whole movement has become it's becoming more and more hijacked by leftists that don't want any other thoughts. So that's the challenge. Well, especially when it means freedom. And now the least freedom minded people who want to cancel thought that is not theirs are on the left side and often get lumped into this word liberal. So if I were a true liberal in the sense, I'm disappointed that these kind of left wing people are being associated into my category. Well, I'm glad there's still some out there that actually still want civil discussion. So that part's encouraging. Yes. We should use left-wing craziness. <laughs> the other the other challenge is people like to use party labels for things, but party labels are, are sort of, you can speak about the platform of the party, mm-hmm. but a Republican is not necessarily a conservative. A, mm-hmm. a, you know, Democrat is not necessarily yeah. liberal on all things. So we try not to use party labels. So the trick is, what are the words that don't mean labels? They mean ideology. And it, it's a little harder to find the right terminology sometimes. Right. Good point. Well, to get into today's topic... I'd like to take a deeper dive into something that's been largely flying under the radar, and that is the left's, got that term right, 
The left's continued efforts to use scare tactics to intimidate people from standing up for what really should be common sense efforts to protect kids and parental rights in our schools. Yeah, you're, as you explained in the opener, we're seeing this crop up. It's really escalating in the last several weeks, both at the national level and in Virginia. So let's just start with what's happening at the national level. I'm sure folks have probably seen that Florida, it's, it's, it's captured all the headlines, has passed this bill um, that really is a common sense measure, simply saying that government officials shouldn't be using adult sexual propaganda, the promotion of controversial gay and transgender topics in the classroom with the youngest of kids, with pre-K through third grade. But, you know, in the middle of this most serious, I mean, nationally, you'd think the only thing we're talking about is Ukraine. That's, I mean, there's a war going on. But in the middle of all this, Biden, the Biden administration, they go and they actually take time and basically rail against this bill. Um, Specifically, Jen Psaki attacked it during a press conference. Let's just listen to that. It's discriminatory. It's uh, a form of bullying. Um, It is horrific. I mean, the president has spoken to that. I just have to say, it's maddening to see our president, the president of the United States, actually taking time to insert himself into a state issue like this and, you know, overtly undermining parental rights. But at the same time, we saw something encouraging. It was refreshing to finally see someone stand up unapologetically on this issue. And that is what Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis is doing. Instead of cowering and backing down like we've seen other political officials do when they get pushed on this, he's actually pushed back on the reporters that are, you know, pushing forward this narrative um, that this is all about bullying. And I just love this exchange he had with this one reporter who kept repeating that narrative and calling it the, quote, don't say gay bill. So let's just listen into that. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. Yeah, you can hear people in the audience applauding. And I think it's because people are just so sick and tired of this refrain equating parental rights with discrimination. It's just a scare tactic. But sadly, despite his bold stand, the pylon hasn't stopped. You're seeing it still. And now we've got Disney jumping in, which is, I mean, I can't even describe how disappointing that is because they're one of the state's largest employers. So they're trying to, you know, throw their weight around. Yeah. And it's ironic, isn't it? Disney markets itself as family friendly, something parents can trust for entertainment. And here they are working against parents who are trying to protect their preschoolers. So maybe they need to change their branding or something. Um, But what's interesting is we are seeing this exact same playbook pretty much. Just this tactic of trying to intimidate parents and distract from the real issue by throwing around all these inflammatory words, bullying, discrimination, these these red letter words being used right here in Virginia, that same tactic being used here in Hanover County in the last few weeks. Yeah, we need to look no further than locally to figure to see all this stuff play out. Just to give some context, our listeners might recall that there's been this effort which started when our state passed their left wing, you know, when they had left wing leadership and they passed this ridiculous policy to force every single school district, whether it reflects their community needs or not, 
to adopt an extremely radical Richmond-based transgender issue policy. And that policy had language in it, not only telling school officials how to deceive parents if their child is embracing a, a different gender, but also forcing them to allow biological males into private spaces that females, you know, locker rooms, bathrooms, overnight field trips, all this stuff. So now we have the good news is that in some counties, people are um, pushing back. Hanover County has basically used our Protect Every Kid resources, and th these parents have shown up at all these school boards, and we now have the Hanover board deciding to reject the worst parts of this policy. But now in response to that, they're getting hit with lawsuits and legal threats from the ACLU. Right. They've, they've gotten – there was a lawsuit – filed against the board, Hanover County Board, for, for rejecting this policy, this extreme policy in December. Then the ACLU of Virginia followed that up with another basically threatening letter to the board in January. Um, so it would only make sense that to defend themselves and their parental right efforts, the board decided to seek help from one of the best legal expert groups in the nation on parental rights, and that's the Alliance Defending Freedom. This is the same group, Alliance Defending Freedom, that is defending those teachers in Loudoun County. Um, everybody will probably remember Tanner Cross, the teacher that got up very boldly and spoke about a policy, a proposed policy that hadn't even been implemented, a transgender issue policy at the Loudoun County School Board meeting. And they suspended him, even though the policy didn't even technically exist yet, just for free speech like that. So this is the same group defending teachers like him. They're also defending another teacher, um, I think that was fired from West Point High School um, in the Williamsburg area around the same kind of issues, the pronoun use issues. Um, so this is a very well-respected, top-notch legal group that the Hanover County School Board naturally sought help from. But just like you have these aggressive leftists coming against parental rights in Florida and using smear tactics as a distraction, you now have them using that same exact playbook in Hanover, where the ACLU and LGBTQ activists have basically joined forces. And I, I've got to say, Victoria, they really are throwing what I would describe as a histrionic fit about the fact that the board has dared to get advice from someone outside their circle on parental rights. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at a lot of different alerts from these groups like the ACLU and LGBT groups, including the one called He, She, Z, and We, basically all making this case that ADF, Alliance of Any Freedom, is this hate group. And sadly, you're seeing the mainstream media like the Times-Dispatch here in Richmond repeating these claims. But, you know, just to give you an example of how this is getting so crazy is I saw one alert that says that the partnership with Alliance Defending Freedom can, quote, only mean one thing, LGBTQ plus students, black and brown students, students with disabilities, and those with multiple marginalized identities will be targeted and face further discrimination and stigmatization in the school. We won't stand for this. That's their quote. Yeah, I mean, when you think about that, that is beyond the pale nuts. I, I can't even begin to imagine how they justify this claim that the school board, working with a well-respected, nationally known religious freedom parental rights legal group, 
automatically translates into instant discrimination against all these students, even those with disabilities. I mean, I mean, how do you logically in your mind connect those dots? Yeah, that is a major problem. And, you know, they're using groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center that has been discounted as even relevant and actually was the source of somebody going in and going against another group with actually trying to do violent harm. So the fact that these groups are are deciding who are hate groups is unbelievable. But, you know, this is where parents and school officials have to be bold and they have to take their cue from, I think, Governor DeSantis, who instead of backing down, you know, he just went out and said, let's read the actual bill. Let's expose the lie and the intimidation tactics for what they are and just keep bringing to the forefront what's really at stake here. And that is kids. Yeah, and I, I do think it's worth pointing out the irony that the ACLU and these LGBTQ groups think they can have impunity to go attack the school board with a lawsuit and then cancel out any efforts for a different perspective. Oh, they, <laughs> they think they own, you know, that they own that legal space. That's yeah. absurd. There's a new player in town and that's on our side. <laughs> Well, and that's where the Family Foundation comes in to equip the parents in these communities so that they're not standing alone, um, especially with our local speak up teams. We are going to stand strongly behind these parents and just help them get the truth out there. And I just want to quickly mention two great resources we have along those lines. One is our Protect Every Kid initiative that gives parents great tools to withstand this kind of pressure and just get the viewpoint out there that we can fairly and equally protect every single kid in the school without sacrificing core parental rights and at the same time protect our young women in private spaces. I mean, Victoria, we just had news come out this, you know, the other day about another school in the Chesterfield area where I think it was a 15-year-old that was sexually assaulted in the bathroom apparently. So this these concerns aren't hypothetical. I'll mention one other thing real quick. We have our parental rights talking points that will also help parents and concerned citizens. And those are at familyfoundation.org slash speakupvirginia. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. Well, I do want to mention another way that we still see parents, despite having won a huge election, still having to battle what amounts to leftist educrats. First, we have this leaked video that was very interesting, which comes from what was apparently part of a training in January from the Virginia School Board Association, otherwise known as VSBA. Victoria, tell us about this group. Yeah, they're supposed to represent school board members, and they activate them on public policy issues. So you'll see the VSBA representative, their lobbyist, down at the General Assembly. And honestly, over all the years I've been here, they're always on the wrong side of every issue. We go into a room on parents' rights, and all the education groups are up against us, and Virginia School Board Association is right there, and they're they're supposed to you know educate school board members and 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 help them and be, but they go way beyond that, and it's 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 unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's almost kind of like the teachers' union where they're not always actually representing the individual teachers. Correct. Yeah. Well, we've seen that hidden agenda come to light, so to speak, through a video that was recently leaked, and this video apparently has clips of a chief VSBA lobbyist clearly expressing disdain for parents, uh, for bills that parents care about, you know, things like parental rights, school choice. Just to give one example, let's just play this one clip of this lobbyist outright mocking parental rights legislation from Delegate Dave LaRock 
And interesting, this legislation that he proposed would have also allowed for students to see the development of a baby in the womb. First one would require in family life uh, that require the viewing of a video recording of an ultrasound of a live unborn human in the uterus. I don't know where they're, whose uterus they're going to use for this, um, but there you go. And then the last one would limit family life education to one hour per year. And during that hour, we'd have to show the video from the uterus, so... Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's just not very professional to be mocking bills that way anyway. But also, this is an important thing that's being proposed. It's the idea that we're already teaching them all this stuff in family life education. Let's show them the development of a baby. Maybe that will impact saving lives in the future. I just I think it's absolutely offensive that she literally ridicules this bill. Yeah, to ridicule the promotion of life, celebrating life to students, when we already know there's way too much abortion education out there. That's just sad. Um, But then on top of all that, we have more news about another state education association, the Virginia Association of School Superintendents. Now, apparently, they recently issued a letter to the Virginia Secretary of Education demanding, among other things, that... um, They end, the Secretary of Education Department end the governor's tip line for parents to report divisive lessons like critical race theory. Yeah, what was super interesting about this is it just was such a lesson in the media, too, because, you know, you have this association speaking on behalf of all their members without, we find out, having actually polled their members or even told them. So, But the Washington Post goes out with a headline that says, all 133 Virginia school superintendents urge Youngkin to scrap tip line. Like every one of them had signed on the dotted line, but that made it more impactful. So they, you know, lo and behold, that's not the facts. Yeah, don't let the headline get in the way of the facts. Oh, definitely not, because it's so much <laughs> more impactful. Facts getting away yes, the I think that's right. That's how it goes. Well, both of these incidents, I think, in Virginia with these associations do bring to mind before, remember, when the National School Board Association sent that letter to the Biden administration, basically asking for parents speaking up at school board meetings to be treated like terrorists. And it's interesting that then you had school boards withdrawing after that, saying that that action didn't represent them. So it was a similar situation where they weren't actually allowed to give input before that letter went out. Are we going to see a similar thing here with there being backtracking among the people in these associations? Yeah, we just keep seeing these leadership of certain associations taking groups where they don't want to go and where they're not even informing them that we're going to represent you in this way. So I do think we're going to continue to see backlash. It's interesting that we see the school board association, the same one that actually backed away from the national, making it look like, oh, we're really not, you know, left wing. But then they go and mock all these bills because they are left wing. And so I do think we're going to see either alternate organizations formed with conservative school boards, members, you know, individuals that say, I don't want to be a part of this, kind of like there's an alternate teachers union, or we're going to see in reality that certain school boards as a whole that are more conservative and don't want to be led this way are just going to back out of the association altogether. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, While this whole thing is a sad reminder of what parents are up against, that these groups claiming to represent teachers and school board members are often putting their educators in the position of opposing, even hurting the very people, kids and families that they're supposed to be representing. Even though that part is sobering, I, I do think at the same time, as part of this parent revolution, a lot of these school board members are actually parents that were elected out of this parent revolution. So they're not going to keep putting up with this stuff. So that I think there's reason for hope. There shouldn't be ever a situation where school boards aren't on the same side as parents. That's who they are there to serve. So right. let's just say at least 
the good side of all of this is that there's being light and exposure on all of this. We're finally seeing this stuff, and I think parents are seeing it too. Exactly. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! You know, I was just thinking that we have heard all the time for the past few decades how everybody needs to come out of the closet But now I've actually seen this story where we have schools encouraging kids to, you've got it, go in the closet. This is happening through an initiative called the Transition Closet. And what it is, is working with students to create these spaces or kind of makeshift closets where the kids can go in there without their parents knowing and change their clothes in a way that reflects their chosen gender identity. Wow. I, I just can't even. <laughs> this is awful. But, you know, you almost can envision these old movies or these old shows that you, you'd watch where the, you know, the teen, the rebellious teen would leave the house wearing one outfit and they'd go into the bathroom real quick when they got wherever. And then all of a sudden it was a, you know, more makeup went on or the, the you know, the outfit got a little more revealing. But this is so much worse than that. And, and this is school sponsored. Yeah, it takes it to a new level. And I got to say, when it's school-sponsored, the school's sponsoring a closet or something for the kids to change in, doesn't that kind of take out the cool movie Teen Rebellion part? But I guess we've reached this place in our culture where we now have state sponsorship of deceiving your parents. Um, And just to illustrate that, let's just listen to this video clip of a teacher in California promoting this whole transition closet idea. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. Oh, man. Where to start with this comment that he made? I, You know, the idea that they're even... Let's just start with, he's using Clark Kent superhero language, making it sound like this is almost a heroic event. You know, comparing it, it it's glamorizing th- this idea that you're going to deceive your parents and become this whole other person. But this is... This is not in the category of superhero. This is damaging to kids. Yeah, just I like how you're saying that glamorizing this whole idea of experimenting with your gender, which has serious medical, physical, psychological repercussions for kids. It's not a comic book episode. I think it's unfair to kids when we trivialize it like that. Well, and, you know, it's got resources. It's not just the clothes in the closet. Apparently, there's actually these resources that tell girls, for example, how they can hide their breast development. That's the step right before medically changing your body. That's terrible. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is not a fairy tale. This is real stuff. Um, And I think it just illustrates what we've been seeing all over the nation with these news stories coming out about parents discovering that their school officials are secretly basically brainwashing their children into a transgender identity. We've seen these stories coming out in state after state. Um, And again, this has serious lifelong implications for these children. It is not a comic book fairy tale. No. And I mean, this is just, if you think of the, the school as a proxy for the government, this is the government stepping between parents and children. This is literally them inserting themselves, openly being on the side of a child 
to literally lie to their parents. This is, I mean, this is a very alarming place that we see our society going. Right. I mean, guys, if we're concerned about communist Russia, communist China, I think we should be concerned about where we are, honestly, right here in the United States where you have these efforts happening in our schools to, like Victoria said, cut kids off from their parents. It is very serious. Yeah. And I think the other thing that has to be noted here is this whole transition closet idea actually didn't come from a school context originally. It actually came from a church in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that had this idea. And I sit there and think, how could a church? I mean, the church is supposed to be the champion of truth. And we're supposed to be in the church. We're sort of, you know, putting families together. We're backing parents and we're helping kids. We should be celebrating their gender alongside their whole family. Yeah. And that's why I love, Victoria, your passion that you've always had here at the Family Foundation for engaging the Bible-believing church. And we're on a pastor tour right now across the state to help churches connect these dots for this is happening in our culture and you've got to be out in front educating the next generation on biblical sexuality and gender. Um, we got to be out in front with our youth on this. And, you know, but back to the whole story we're talking about here, I guess that means that we have to give this week's Inconceivable Award to the Transition Closet Initiative and the schools that are embracing that regardless of the consequences to our youth. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.